0: We're glad you're here. Thank you. And uh, if you're new here, we always start off by singing some God uh, songs to God and tell him we love him. And I'll say a quick prayer. We'll get started. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you, Lord, uh, just for everything that you've done for us. And just help us to focus our minds on you and spend this good time with you and worship you. In Jesus' name, Amen. So strong As the love that called my name Never was a love so fierce As the love that took my shame Never was a love so true As the love that shed its His blood Never was a love so white As that and precious crimson, crimson blood See you. Shame. Never was a love so true as a love that shed his blood. Never was a love so wide as that precious of done. Say hi to somebody. My name's Allie, and we're glad you're here. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you. Fill it out and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through.
1: Uh, January the 29th. We're doing a baptism, and in the wintertime, we baptize here at church. And so if you've decided to become a follower of Jesus, your first step is to be baptized to identify with his death, burial, and resurrection. So we're doing that on the 29th in the second service. You can sign up for that, too. So God bless you. I hope you have a great new year. Hey, everybody.
2: Mark here real fast with a quick announcement. We'll be having our annual chili cook-off, which may be my favorite Sunday of the year. A um, couple of thoughts real quick. It's going to be right after the second service, $5 per person, which will include chili and salad, $2 for kids under 10, um, and it will include chili and salad. And this will have desserts, but they're part of the fundraiser, so you'll have to purchase those. And we have this year four categories um, for winners. The first one's going to be the best money maker. And so one of the ways that we raise money in this fundraiser is every vote costs a dollar and so you can go around you can cast a vote by placing money in the different chilies that you like and so we'll have a the best money maker chili also included this year we're going to have a hottest category a beaniest category and the most exotic category and so hopefully we'll see you guys to be trying out this really awesome chili and here's allison with some this is chili with chili see you guys then bye
0: Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service.
1: All right. Anyone rooting for the Bengals today? All right. I don't even know the other team who who are the Chiefs. Who said that? Okay. Yeah, but the Bengals are children of the Browns. Paul Brown moved there. So you're rooting for the Chiefs? Okay. Security. (laughs) <laughs> Get security on this dude, right? Um, I want to do a couple things in prayer. There's a guy named Junior Green I forgot to pray for in the first service. And then there's a couple that comes uh, to the first service. Uh, they sit over here. The Grandparents are here today. Um, uh, the name is Liz and, and Jeremy Lovey, and they, they lost a baby. The baby, uh, she was almost full term. and, and uh, So we want to remember them in prayer. Also... This happened to them last year, too. They had a little baby born named Logan, and so this little girl's named Nellie. So that's a hard thing to lose a a baby two years in a row. So I want to keep them in prayer, and uh and then I'll pray for the offering, too, okay? So uh, let's just pray. Lord, we lift up uh, Liz and Jeremy to you, and I pray, God, that you'd just give them your comfort, also the grandparents, that you'd just give them your comfort and grace, and just be with them, Lord. And I pray for, uh, for this guy named Junior Green, that you'd just be with him and other people that are sick today. I pray that you'd bless them. And I pray that you just bless the offering. In Jesus' name, amen. their pardon for sinners. I'm going to stop the music okay all right all right uh, we're going to baptize today. We usually baptize in in the summertime. We baptize in a creek, which is a little too cold. So we're going to do inside. And uh, we believe in believer's baptism, which means that you decide to follow Jesus and then you identify with him in baptism. And so um, and we don't have an age thing on that. Like I was like nine. So I've been I told them I've been a Christian for about nine years. So. right, So 18 for 53 years. So anyway, so Carly's up first, Carly. Come on in girl. Just, just let, let's sit there and then climb in here. I'll help you. and then turn around and face this way and sit on, get on your knees. but back up a little bit. Okay you good? All right, this is Carly, right? So Carly, you've decided to follow Jesus today, right? So let me pray for you. So Lord I thank you for Carly, I ask you to bless her, help her to grow in her relationship with you. So in obedience command for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I baptize thee, my little sister Carly. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So let's, let's go underwater water here. Oh, she's, she's going back. Go ahead. Do whatever you want. All right. Good job. Hang on. I'll give you a towel. She, she baptized herself. Here. Go ahead. Good job. Let's keep going. All right. Who's up next? Let's see. Hazel. Are you Hazel? Yeah. Come on here, Hazel. You going to take your socks off no. you don't want to they're going to be all wet when you come out yeah, you can do it the, it's okay we we'll, i want you'll you'll make it come on babe step in there all right all right here turn around and get on your knees and i'm gonna i'm gonna look look i'm gonna take you forward this way okay so, Hazel, you've decided to follow Jesus today, too. So, let me pray for you. So, Lord, I pray for Hazel. I ask you to bless her and help her to grow in her relationship. So, you know, be as commanded for Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I baptize you my little sister, Hazel, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's go under right here. Oh, well, she's going to go back, too. All right. You good? All right. All right. When I was a kid, there was a rock and roll song called Hi, Hi, Hazel, so... My friends, the Gary and the Hornets, sang it. All right, who's this? Yeah. Camille. Good job, Camille. You, can you get in there? You to, just kneel down on your knees. Do you, would you like to have the jets on? No. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> we, you come out speaking in tongues when we do that. So let me, let me, let me pray for you. So, so Camille, right? So, Lord, I thank you for Camille. I ask you to bless her and help her to grow in her relationship with you. So I baptize my little sister, Camille, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So ready to go under? Right, just do it. Go ahead. Ah, uh, she did it right. Come on out. Who's... All right, Amelia. Is it Amelia? All right, girl. Come on in. You know you, I gotcha. Here turn around here. It's hot. It's hot? Is it too hot? Yeah. Okay. No one ever really complains about that. So let me let me pray. Camille, you decide to follow Jesus too? Look at me. You decide to follow Jesus too? Okay, let me pray for you. So Lord, I pray for Camille. I ask you to help her to grow in her relationship with you. So you know obedience commanded for Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I baptize you my little sister Camille in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So let's go into the water. Ready? Go ahead. You can do it. Gotcha. Whoa. All right. <laughs> She's now blind, so open your eyes. Oh, now you can see. It's wonderful. All right. Let's say a prayer for all of them, okay? So, God, I thank you for these kids who are identifying with you today. I ask you to bless them, and I pray, Lord, that for the privilege they have to live their whole life following you. In, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, Mark, come down.
3: Morning, how we doing? I thought he was going to interview somebody, so I was just hanging out back there. Guess we're skipping that. You guys, doing good? Yeah. All right. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter four. If you don't have one, it's all good. We'll have it up on the screen. And we've been in a series um, called One Anothering, and we've been exploring all of the different commands that we find, or whatever you want to call them, in the New Testament, where Paul or somebody else mentions that we are to do certain things to one another, love, give, serve, those types of things. And so today we're going to look at learning how to forgive and be kind and be compassionate to one another. Good? You guys doing all right? Ready for the Bengals game? All right, so let me pray and we'll jump in. So Father, we thank you for this morning. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you just come and open our hearts to you and to these these passages we ask that you just bless our time. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, it says this. Read it back there. I guess we don't... It says this, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And so, to give you the context of what's going on here in this passage... We have to understand that Paul has been traveling throughout the Roman world, and he's writing this letter to a city called Ephesus. Now, Ephesus was in what you call modern-day Turkey today. And as Paul made his way through the Roman Empire, sharing this Jesus, this story, he started to kind of run into some problems. And some of the major problems that he ran into was mainly this. He came from a Jewish background, and because of his Jewish background, they had a particular perspective on what it means to follow God. Does this make sense? So they had their own culture, their own worldview. And as he shared this message, there were certain Jews throughout the region who said, yes, that this Jesus, he must be this Messiah that we've been waiting for. And so they said yes to this. But along with that, there was a number of other believers, what they would have called Gentiles, mainly people who were not Jewish, who also began to follow and say yes to this Jesus as well. But they had their own way of living, their own worldview, their own perspective. And so it was kind of a clash, if you will, of of worldviews. This makes sense to you guys, yeah? And so... He's dealing with this reality of these different ethnic backgrounds coming together to be one group. But not only did you have the ethnic division between the two, but then you would have socioeconomic divisions as well. You would have had very wealthy people who had power and money and influence. And then you would have had what we would perhaps consider middle class people who were citizens of Rome, but not necessarily in high standing. And then you had other people who were just simply slaves that either have been captured through war or or perhaps sold themselves into slavery so that they could survive and live. And so you have this huge group of different people that are divided ethnically by race, divided socially by their their uh, financial well-being or, what, or whatnot. Does this make sense? Can you imagine... This, a world divided. Right? Could you, and I know it's hard for us to, to, to get our minds around this, but could you imagine living in a culture where certain ethnic groups have more privilege than other ethnic groups? Could you imagine living in a culture where if you had money and influence and power you would actually use it for your own advantage and not for people who have, have less. I mean, it's, it's hard to get your mind around this, I understand. But this was the world, I'm joking here because this is our world. This is the world that Paul is dealing with. Notice what he says in Ephesians chapter, in chapter 2 of the same verse. He's talking about Jesus here. He says, for he himself is our peace. And when he says he, he's talking about Jesus. That Jesus himself is our peace. Who has made two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. He says, by setting aside in his flesh the law, which is commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new, and what's it say there? Humanity, one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. So what's he getting at here? Anybody got a jersey on this morning? Right? So we got our Bengals jersey on here. And I imagine that in Kansas City, there's somebody in a church wearing a chief's jersey as well, right? And so of course we here we're representing this Bengals tribe and we're all about it, who day we have our war our war chant, some people may even paint their faces. In Kansas City they have their own tribe as well. And there's nothing wrong when it's done this way. There's nothing wrong with wearing the jersey and representing the tribe. It's fun while it's fun. It's good while it's good. But what can happen is that we can take our tribalism too far. Does this make sense? We live in a nation that's divided by tribalism. We live in a nation... Where certain people wear their jersey and they believe that we're it. This is the team. And you have other groups who wear their jersey and say, no, this is the team. Yeah? Does it make sense? You guys tracking here? What Jesus is saying, or what Paul is saying here about what Jesus' life and death and resurrection did is not only does it free us from our sins... Also, somehow, some way, through this life, death, and resurrection, is Jesus is calling us to reconcile our tribalism. That we're not divided amongst ourselves because of socioeconomic reasons or racial reasons, but that we are all called to be one new humanity. So, by is this, he's calling us to take off the old jersey, and put on the new one. Yeah? This new team, this new humanity, that we're all together. Notice how he says that, uh, yeah, verse 22, he says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. There's nothing wrong with being proud of where you came from. There's nothing wrong with having a heritage and and being part of a story and, and having pride in those types of things. But when it gets in the way, when you put your your tribe above other tribes, we are missing the point or one of the points of the gospel. Because what God is doing through this Jesus is he's reconciling, reconciling all of humanity to one another and to himself. Does this make sense? And so you and I, we are called to take off the old, And put on the new. And so in the church that Paul is writing to. You would have had this hodgepodge of people. Rich and poor, slave and free, Greek and Jew. And he's calling them to take off their old identities. And to wear a new jersey under Christ. Yeah? And so this raises a question for all of us because we're still struggling with it 2,000 years later. If God is creating a new humanity, then how do we live into this new identity? If you and I are called to be a witness, to be a model for the rest of the world on what it looks like to be this new people that is sharing this good news with the people that we meet, then how do we learn how to do it? Which leads us back to the original text that we read. Paul says this. Be kind. Be compassionate to one another. And forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Because here's the thing. If there's seven, eight billion people on the planet, and there are. And we're all wearing our own jerseys, doing our own things. Then, of course, what's going to happen? Conflict. Pain. Suffering. What you see on the news is what you get. And so Paul is guiding us here on what it looks like for us to be these new types of people who are sharing this good news with the world. And how do we navigate the complexity of our relationships with one another? Good so far? So how do we do this? Well... Going to work through this. Be kind, be compassionate, forgive. Number one, it begins by being kind. It begins by being kind. A couple of thoughts about being kind. Being kind is it begins with just simply being friendly, right? Now, I try to be friendly. I know it probably doesn't come off as that. But I promise you, I'm trying my hardest to be friendly. I, I think a lot. I'm in my head a lot. And so because I'm in my head a lot, I probably um, I probably come off as being detached from people. And I, I try not to be that way. I try to be as friendly as I possibly can be. But my natural disposition is just to be in my head and thinking all the time. And so it's sometimes I perhaps come off as cold, and I don't try to be. I promise you that. And so it begins by simply being friendly. And so just, you know, smiling, opening the door for somebody, those types of things. Because think about the context that Paul is writing in here. You have a whole group of people from different backgrounds who don't understand one another, who are perhaps for most of their life have been opposed to one another. And so it begins there, but it also begins for all of us, just learning how to be kind to one another. Yeah? And so it begins by being friendly. It begins by being considerate. And so you're driving your car and and you get to the a four-way stop and you you got there first, you know you did. But it was a close one. And you could just go or you could flash your lights and let the other person go, right? You're at Walmart and and you know you know that person at Walmart who parks their cart over here and then they're Right here looking at whatever they're trying to find and they've taken up the entire space and you just need to get through because You just got to get whatever you're looking for, right? And it I just want to like nudge them. Don't you guys just want to nudge them? Just want to nudge. just just hey, come on. Don't take up so much space But what about if we could just be patient be considerate? Be loving towards other people and the thing is, is, what's terribly important about being kind is, is learning to do these types of things with no strings attached. Because we're playing with grace here. That's the game as a Christian. is We're learning how to live in grace. The grace that we receive from God, but also the grace that we extend to other people. And, and so, we're programmed for transaction we live in a transactional world where i only do something for you if you've done something for me or i make a list and i i i I, if this person has done something well okay i got to remember that i need to make sure i pay them back in some sort of way some sort of gesture and and what happens for all of us is we live in these transactions but grace doesn't play that game And so we have to learn how to play this new game of grace, of loving and doing things for people with no strings attached. And so it simply begins there with being kind. Good? But then it continues. He says not only be kind, but he also says be compassionate. Now, what do we mean when we talk about being compassionate? I would simply say just like being empathetic or being loving towards other people. And so being compassionate begins by listening, right? Being compassionate begins with listening, getting to know each other and their stories, beginning to, because I don't know about you guys, but I've lived in this town almost my entire life. So I've been in Franklin, Ohio for 40 years. I'm a hillbilly. No matter what I do or try to shake it, that is my perspective of the world from the the perspective of a hillbilly. And I know that that is very limited understanding of this world, right? And so the way Mark sees the world isn't the way the world is. It's just the way that I see it because this is what I've been handed There's nothing wrong with that, but I have to understand that my way of seeing the world isn't the way of seeing the world, and that other people have other experiences and different backgrounds, and the way that they see the world may be different than the way that I see the world. Does this make sense? And so if you're growing up in a church like Paul here, and there's all these different ethnic backgrounds and and divisions, well, if we're going to be one, this new humanity, it begins by learning one another's stories and seeing how other people live their lives and, and, and growing that capacity to understand other people. It doesn't mean that you always have to agree, right? It doesn't mean that you have to agree. Um, but something happens when you can begin to understand life from a different point of view. Yeah? So it begins with listening. It continues with understanding, growing that empathy. And, um, and the third thing I would say, it continues with serving. I don't remember where I heard this from, but I remember hearing an old pastor say one time, That you can understand why a person walks the way that they do after you've washed their feet. That you you can understand why a person walks the way that they do if you've washed their feet. And what I think he means by that is this, is that somehow through serving someone, it draws you closer to them in a way that you can begin to understand why they act the way that they act. Right? Right? Because we've all been programmed by something, whether it be our parents or our environment or something. Something has set our course, and we act the way that we do because of the world that we grew up in. And so when we serve each other, it breaks down that barrier so that I can truly connect with somebody else. And I'm not and, and and for no reason other than just to, to serve and to love, because this is what Jesus does. If you pay attention to Jesus' life, he's always crossing these boundaries and serving people around him. And so it's learning how to listen, it's learning how to understand, it's learning how to serve. Now, why is this so important? Sometimes you don't have a clue what's going on in another person's life. Yeah? So I don't know if Dad mentioned this earlier, but... the. You know, we have a family here that in the last year and a half, they've lost two children at birth. So, you know, you might bump into Jeremy at Kroger's, the dad. He might be a little grumpy, right? Well, yeah, you would be too if that was what's going on in your life. And, And so what I've come to discover is oftentimes people are going through stuff. Lots of us are going through stuff. And the way that God brings his grace and his healing is often through, almost always, through other people. So if I'm going to be the type of person that represents Jesus in this world, bringing his love and his grace and his healing to other people, then I need to be a little sensitive to what's going on in other people's lives because you don't have a clue sometimes the things that people are struggling with. And instead of being short and, and perhaps... Temperamental towards other people. Maybe what, it would, what would it look like if I could be compassionate towards other people. Yeah? And so it begins by being kind. It continues by being compassionate. And the third thing that Paul talks about here is that we have to learn how to forgive one another. Now a couple things about forgiveness before we get into this. Forgiveness isn't saying That what this person did to you is okay. Oftentimes we have this misconception that if I forgive this person, well, I'm essentially saying, oh, I guess it doesn't matter, right? But some things matter. Some things are horrendous. And to forgive somebody isn't necessarily, it isn't letting them off the hook. It's a different issue. Does that make sense? so... Sometimes we can forgive somebody and still call the cops. Sometimes we can forgive somebody and still get a restraining order. Sometimes we can forgive somebody but not have to see them again. Separate issues here. And so forgiveness isn't saying that what this person did is okay. Second thing, forgiveness isn't always forgetting. Oftentimes we'll say things like, well, I'll forgive and forget, right? Sometimes we need to remember what happened so that we don't find ourselves back in that situation. Yeah? And so sometimes we, we can forgive, but I can still create boundaries so that when that person goes off or does that toxic thing that they always do, I don't have to be there when it happens. Yeah? Third thought. Forgiveness isn't always reconciling a relationship with somebody. The way I think about relationships is simply this. When I meet somebody, there's sort of this given bridge of trust between the two of us. And if something happens, well, that bridge gets destroyed. Well, if we're going to build that bridge back, then I can only build so far. I'm going to build halfway. And if you want to reconcile this relationship with me, well, then you're going to have to build your half. And if you're unwilling to build your half, you keep doing those things that cause pain. Well, then I, I'm sorry that perhaps we can't have a relationship. I can still forgive this person, though. No. Does that make sense to you guys? It's it's important that we have a healthy understanding of forgiveness and boundaries, especially for those relationships that we can be in that are toxic i've known lots of people who've been in toxic relationships or abusive relationships for a long time because they believe that god wanted them to forgive this person but i think they're they're separate things and i think it's important to say that and so what is forgiveness and how do we forgive well i would begin by saying this one it begins with you have to pray you have to pray because I don't want to forgive. I want revenge. You guys want revenge? I want to slash their tires or, I don't know, whatever. Those types of things. You know, gangster stuff. So I don't want to forgive somebody when they do something to me. I want revenge. I want justice. I want, you know, Whatever. And so sometimes forgiveness begins simply with praying, God give me the heart to not kill this person. God give me the heart to let go of this. God give me the heart to forgive this person. And we'll take whatever we can get. Right? God right now just don't let me kill this person. We'll just, we'll, hey, that's a win. Right? Does that make sense? That's a win. We don't want to stay there. We want to keep going further. But that's a big first step. And so forgiveness begins with prayer. But forgiveness also is about learning how to trust God with these things. Because ultimately what we want at the end of the day is justice. This person did something to me and I want justice for it. And so how do we, how do we get that? Well, we, we trust God for His justice. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. And I don't know, you know, sometimes I don't like the way that God does things and I want I want it to be a little bit faster, and I want them to get what they deserve. But I have to learn how to trust God with these things. And I don't know how it works. I don't know how, I don't know how God gets his justice. But, you know, there was a time in my life where I perhaps would have told you what I thought and come off as being smart because I want you guys to think I'm smart. But to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know how God works it all out. What has helped me over the years is understanding justice as a father, as a parent. You guys got kids? You guys' kids fight? My kids fight. (sighs) The main villain in our story most of the time is my redheaded daughter, Annabelle. (laughs) I thought the redheaded thing was a myth, but I'm not necessarily sure. Well, I mean, you know I'm right, though. You know I'm right, Gary. Something about them. Something's off. They just can't help themselves. Anyway, Annabelle likes to torture our family. She's good at it. Yeah, that might be it too. So my daughter, she likes to torture the family, and she loves to torture my son, Evan. And, And Evan, he's not innocent either most of the time. He likes to torture her back. He's just more discreet about it, sneaky. So they'll do something to one another and they'll come down and they'll want justice. And because I'm the dad, they'll, they'll, they want me to bring the justice. And so for Evan, from his perspective, Annabelle is the villain of his story. He's the enemy or she's the enemy of his story because she did something to him. And so from his perspective, from his point of view, she is the villain, she is the enemy. And he wants me to bring justice and punishment to her. But see, the problem is, is that from my perspective, even though she may be the villain and enemy in his story, she's not the villain or enemy in my story. Because in my story, she's still my daughter. And so sometimes the punishments that I bring, Evan does not agree with because he wants more. Yeah? And so the question becomes in in the story of our household is, does Evan trust dad with the justice? Does Evan trust dad with the punishment? And that has to be how we see our lives and the things that people do to us. It may have been horrendous. But can I trust my heavenly father with the justice that he brings? Understanding that even though this other person may be a villain, and enemy in my story, in God's story, that person is still God's child. Yeah? And so we pray that God opens our hearts to loving and forgiving a person, But we also have to trust God when it comes to these things. Yeah? And so we pray, we trust. And then we have to learn how to release. Now, what do I mean by that? When somebody does something to you, choosing not to forgive in our way is some sort of justice. But what happens is we end up finding ourselves imprisoned with them. We chain ourselves to them. And so when I choose not to forgive, I am forever connected to the pain that that person brought into my life. I am chained to them. But when I learn to forgive, when I say yes, and by the way, Forgiveness makes no sense on this side of forgiveness. When God says, hey, I want you to forgive this person, I think to myself, God, you're crazy. That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. It's not until you walk the path of forgiveness do you realize on the other side, actually, this is the only way to be. But on, but it's not something that I can convince you of. I'm not going to make an argument for you. You have to walk the path yourself to understand the power of it. And so when I choose not to forgive, I am chained to that person and to that event for the rest of my life. But when I say yes to forgiving this person, When I release them, what I realize is happening is not not only am I unlocking them from the event, but I'm also unlocking myself from it. I'm not only releasing them, but I find myself being released from the event. Now, here's the thing, just a little bit of advice. You'll find yourself chained back up, right? Right? start thinking about you like you know what i'm gonna chain myself right back to this thing again yeah and so it's a it's a process sometimes sometimes it's multiple times i'm gonna have to say no i'm releasing this person for this thing I'm letting it go good and so we learn how to be kind to one another we learn how to trust god with his justice and timing and we learn how To forgive. The kids are having fun. (laughs) Or they've, or they've overthrown. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Make sense? Be kind, be compassionate, forgive. Which leads me to one last thought. (sighs) What happens Over time, when you wrestle with these stories, when you wrestle with the scriptures long enough, what happens is they stop being just simply stories. And they become meditations. And one of the meditations of my heart over the years, as I've been wrestling with learning how to be a forgiving person, this image, this image of Jesus who has been lifted up onto this cross and he utters these words. He's carried the suffering, not only of, of his own personal life and what he's been inflicted in, but he's carrying the suffering of all of us, if you will, this cross, carrying this cross to this mountain. And as he's lifted up, it's as if he's given this new perspective. Because you and I, we know that from a certain plane, we can only see so so far. We can only see so much. But if we climb to a higher vantage point, we see more, Right? It's as if as, as Jesus is being lifted up, he's given a bigger perspective. He sees what's happening for what it is. He realizes these people have no clue what they're doing. They think they're doing the right thing. And what does he do? What does he pray? He says, Father, forgive them. Why? Because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah? Yeah? When we carry the suffering of life, when we face the ways that people have broken and betrayed us, somehow in that sacrifice, that offering that we give God in the midst of that, as we are lifted up, we're given a bigger, wider perspective of what's going on. And we realize all... this person doesn't know what they're doing. And it frees us to release them to God's grace. Yeah? It makes sense? I know that's, I'm still trying to articulate that. But it's learning how to see life from Jesus' perspective and not simply our own. And so, two thoughts, two questions. Cause I'm done. You guys done? We're ready for the Bengals game. I know you are. When it comes to being kind, when it comes to being compassionate, when it comes to forgiving people, what is God saying to you? And what's one thing that you can do about it? And so we we'll are take a few moments simply to reflect on this, and then we're going to share communion together. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you come. May you speak to our hearts these next few moments. You have one of these, grab it, take it out. Every week we take part in this. And if you're a guest, you're more than welcome to take part with us. For the way that we understand communion is that Jesus has an open table. The way we justify that is simply this: that at Jesus' Last Supper, he had. One dude there that betrayed him, he had another dude there that deserted him, and the rest of the knuckleheads, they all took off, right? And yet they were all they were all welcome at his table. So for us, if you're willing to take part, then you're welcome to take part. And for us, we always pray this Lord's Prayer before we do this. And so pray this with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and after giving thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. He said, this is in my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper, he took a cup of wine. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant that is shed for you. And He gave it to his disciples. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Later reflecting on this, the Apostle Paul said that every time that you and I, we gather and we take this bread and we drink from this cup, we're proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns, which means we remember what Jesus did and we're reminded that we are called to do the same, to be broken and poured out for the sake of the world. And so take the bread and look at the person next to you and say, the body of Christ was broken for you. Now the cup, the person next to you, the blood of Christ is shed for you. Alright. Amen. So I'll stand and grab hands of the person next to you if you like. i got to go home and make chicken and dumplings because I made it last week. I made it last week and we won, so I don't want to jinx us. Right? Yeah, no, 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 I ain't making that much. I ain't making that much, right? Right, right? Yeah, right? Deal. All right, let's pray. We'll get out of here. Father, we just thank you for this Paul who, who reminds us what it looks like follow you we thank you for this jesus who sets us free of our lives and this week as we go everybody said hey if you gave church uh we have tax information back there you can pick up your giving statements and so if you're into that kind of thing go for it see you guys